podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Index India podcast. Uh, today we're joined by Aditya and Akriti. Uh, our regular Dash and Srikant are on a bit of a holiday. So, hi guys. Hi, Ari. Hi, Akriti. Hey. Hey, Bijan. How are you? Very well. How's it going? Everyone well? Yep, all well. Great. Fantastic. So, we've got pretty much the start of the season that we wanted. I don't think there's be, there'll be too many complaints. Um, but again, we're Liverpool. There's a lot that we want to talk about. There's a lot that's happened. So keeping um, a, the, the first eight games in mind um, and obviously the League Cup exit as well as our Champions League sort of yo-yo, um, Adi, what are your thoughts going into this international break? It's pretty much, I mean, in terms of the league, I don't think I have much to complain about, you know, only drop points coming against Chelsea and City. Nothing to complain about there, but, you know, performances, obviously, there's a lot of things that we can talk about, uh, can be better, of course, but but then again, uh, we're talking about performances getting better from where we already are, which is a very good space to be in. Uh, I mean, there was this period last year as well when our Attack was was not really firing, but we weren't getting the points then. We're getting the points now, you know, without Mane, Salah, or Firmino hitting anywhere near the heights that uh, we know that they're capable of hitting. So they need to settle down. Twenty points from eight games is absolutely brilliant. Uh, nothing to complain about there, uh, especially given the fixtures that we played and the ones that are to come in the immediate future. At least we look we look pretty good. I mean, there are concerns, obviously, and. Uh, it's it's only natural that there are concerns early in the season, uh, but but yeah, I mean going forward, I think I think we were we're well placed to achieve what we want to this season, uh, provided uh, you know we we don't slump anywhere in between. So of course, yeah, I don't think I agree that we don't we we have very little to complain about um, in terms of the Premier League. I guess we're just not. Um, I think people have a bit of a recency bias because they're expecting the front three to explode. And little they remember that at the same time, I think we've, at the same time last year, we only scored 12 goals uh, and conceded 13. Uh, agree, the opposition was obviously different. Um, but you're right, we haven't clicked in yet. So there's a bit of a recency bias with the front three. But other than the front three, um, what seems to be the most troubling sort of area or an area of improvement, Akhti? Uh I think so. To be, to be fair, I've been I think I've been fairly satisfied with how uh, how things have progressed. I like that there's a certain maturity about the team. I mean, there's like in in how Klopp is setting up the team and I, like the last few matches were a little dull, but uh, again it was pretty pragmatic the way it it went about. Uh, so I I think I I don't really have a lot of complaints apart from. Uh, uh, you know the attack not firing, and that's not really a complaint. Just that we've gotten a little used to seeing uh, the front three, you know, explode 
and score goals. But then I think it was reflective in our game against uh, Southampton. I think we were we were leading 3-0, and then we were still pretty controlled. Like the way uh, the team was set out, it was uh, we it, we didn't really. It was clear that we didn't intend to score. We didn't want to make it a goal fest, but rather have a more controlled, uh, controlled performance, which translated onto the pitch. So I, I don't think I have a lot of complaints apart from the fact that as a Liverpool fan, I think I've been spoiled and I want to see more goals and I want to see more exciting games. Uh, something that hasn't happened in the last two three matches. But apart from that, I think uh, in the last couple of matches, I've not been very happy with the again the old problem of the timing of the substitutions. Uh, I think they weren't really well timed, and I, I know we'll be getting into like a lot of other things as the podcast progresses, so we'll be touching those points. But uh, I think uh, I, I don't I don't really have any major complaints. But yeah, I think uh, recently the 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 substitution timings uh, they sort of pissed me off. Uh, I'm okay with the midfield being tinkered and Klopp still sort of uh, finding out which is the third uh, midfield for what game, the right combination for the right fixtures. So I, I don't have a lot of complaints with uh, with you know say like uh, Fabinho not getting a lot of minutes so far or other people on the bench. But uh, I think uh, apart from that, there's not like there's not much to complain, which says something because we usually ranting about a lot of things, yeah. So I'm just going to take one of the points that you mentioned um, and and ask Adi and and open the floor actually. Uh, you had mentioned that Southampton game, and what was interesting about that game was that Shakiri started in that half space ten sort of role. We went right, into yeah. a lovely uh, into a three lovely at halftime, but then he got hooked. And interestingly enough, uh, there weren't too many people that would have complained about. Shakiri's performance or our performance going forward, uh, but Klopp was very clear in talking about, you know, how it didn't fit the defensive structure. Um, and then since then, on either side of those games, actually, we've had the same midfield. We've had Genie, um, Miller, and Hendo, with the odd, exp- you know, with the odd appearance um, in terms of minutes from Kaita, and then five odd, you know, five seven minutes from Fabinho. So, are the only trying to understand from you, um, a Without Ox um, and with the current set of you know set of midfields we have available, what do you think our best midfield or you know what do you want to see as a change in that midfield? Because we've been fairly flat, like Akriti said, but what needs to change? I think Keita needs to play. So because in all our good runs, we've had that one force from midfield. We had Phil for a very long time. We had Ox in the second half of last season. He was brilliant. Uh, we had Lalana doing that in the first half of 16-17. Klopp likes that, you know, that this system needs that creative player from midfield who's also capable of putting in the legs. And I think Keita's capable of doing that. He's shown glimpses of that. Um, really good against West Ham. Acceptable against Palace and Brighton. And then he's not got minutes since then. Uh, what could be the reason for that? I don't know. Uh, but I also think Fabinho has to start. Um, there has to be some point where Klopp starts trusting him. Uh, because that number six, Genie's, Genie's done really well in that number six. But, uh, Hendo's, Hendo's been hot and cold. Hendo's been fabulous in some games. I thought he was brilliant against City. Very good against PSG. But there's also been the Leicester kind of performance in between. So I think we need consistency from the six, uh, that, that Genie provided in the first three games of the season. Uh, and, you know, 
I get Klopp saying that Fabinho needs time. It's a new system, all of that. Completely get it. But I think our best midfield, as the season progresses, will probably have both Nabi and Fabinho in it. So in the next, you know, set of eight odd games uh, that we're looking at as another chunk, we're playing obviously PSG at the end, Napoli before that, and then we've got the double header against Red Star. We've got Huddersfield as soon as we get back in. Uh, would you a incorporate maybe Fabinho and Kaita and leave one in, or would you sort of look at it one by one? Akriti, who would you change? Right, so I think uh, from the first eight games of the season, I think uh, the two midfielders that would have picked themselves uh, would be Wijnaldum and Milner, but Milner is unfortunately out. I was checking out this uh, this article on uh, Statsbomb, which was talking about the midfielders the so far in the in the Premier League who have done uh, who are you know defensively minded the the players who actually bring the attack forward so uh, their stats and the and two of three of those are Liverpool players and one is Milner as we expect him to sort of lead all these lists and the other one is Nabi Kita. so uh, even though I don't necessarily agree completely that uh, Nabi has been really great in all the games. Uh, but uh, because I, I I think I maybe it was the expectations or whatever it was uh, I I don't think he has completely uh, hit his you know hit hit the form but of course he needs minutes for that as well and I think that is one of the reasons why he has been sort of seeded to the bench but again I do agree with Adi on the fact that uh, now that Milner is also out uh, the the he is more he is the midfielder he's the more uh, sort of uh, He's the he's the midfielder who would be driving the attack forward. So the 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 front three is also is starved of a lot of you know chances because the midfield is not necessarily uh, driving that attack forward into the uh, final third. And I definitely feel that out of the current the set of midfielders that we have, unless we get Shakiri to play in the midfield and see how that works out and all of that, and Lalana also comes back after this international break, I believe. But I think Wijnaldum and uh, Wijnaldum and Nabi would definitely need to be there. Uh, Fabinho is again. I mean, he's not played, so I don't doubt his talent at all. We were really pumped that he was here, and you can see that Monaco is really struggling uh, in the French league right now. Of course, not only because of him, but he was also an important part of that. Uh, so he's a he's he is a great player, and we'd love to see more of him. But uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know what the reason why we haven't uh, sort of seen him more often. Uh, it's one thing that uh, you know he's still getting used to everything, but it's been almost two months, uh, so it's a little strange to just see him make like three-minute substitution appearances. Uh, but uh, I think Van Aldum and Kita they pick themselves, uh, and Fabinho ideally would also be part of it at some point. Uh, but so far, I guess Henderson would take the thing because, uh, again, uh, even though his form has been hot and cold, uh, he probably be. Uh, I think Klopp has more. Uh, I mean, because just for the he's more familiar, and if that is the reason that's keeping Fabinho on the bench, uh, probably Henderson would come in naturally. But uh, I, ideally, I guess Fabinho and Nabi both should be there. But Wijnaldum has done exceptionally well, and of course, he deserves a spot in the three. Right. Also, if I can add one point, I mean, we're talking about this attack uh, needing support from the midfield. I think one thing that we missed in the last few games is also that our fullbacks haven't been great. Uh, 
Robertson's hey. probably Robertson's probably in the most lean spell of his Liverpool yeah, career. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Trent, Trent's not Trent's not been really good per se. I mean, his his crossing has has been uh, pretty average. They've all been all been pretty good defensively, but I think going forward, we've we've gotten used to over like from December January. We've gotten used to Trent and Robbo com- contributing much more to the attack than they have in these last few games as well. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, if 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 you were to remove maybe the City game and Napoli, where credit you know credit where it's due, um, we it it was it was incredibly tactical uh, in the City game. I think Pep and Klopp sort of cancelled each other out after the first 15 minutes, um, and then. A, we pick Gomez over Trent uh, to be able to just get support on that right. And you're absolutely right. Robertson's looked off um, both those games plus the Chelsea game at least. But again, we've we've faced really high quality teams in the last seven weeks. Um, so I I presume I don't think anyone's going to complain if the leanest spell comes through um, at this stage. But keeping um, you know moving on from this bucket of seven games because I think we've. We've, we've sort of tried to understand where our issues lie. Um, I want to sort of ask you about, and Akriti brought this up earlier, um, but Adi, we've we've always had over the years, over the pod, we've kind of spoken about how we're not really sure about how Klopp functions with his subs uh, because it's always, uh, in our opinion, too late. Um, and then, you know, we've, and we've seen both sides of it right now. We saw... Sturridge come out against Chelsea um, in a seven, what, five, seven minute spell and scored a one to goal to get us the result. But then against Napoli, he comes on, uh, sorry, against City, came on too late, uh, didn't necessarily have much to do. Um, so where, you know, what what do you see Sturridge's and maybe Shakiri's role being going forward? Because it makes very little sense, in my opinion, to sort of have him come off the bench four, five, seven minutes because you're never necessarily going to have a great run. Um, and I'm going to discount the um, the PSG start a little bit because Bobby was injured. Even though he came on and got the winner, he was effectively injured um, up until the day of the uh, of the game. So where do you, what kind of games do you play Sturridge in and do we see more of him or is it just going to be these five, ten minute spells? I... I hope we see more of Sturridge because uh, he looks he looks so much better uh, in physical shape at least than he has for a very long time and he's scoring goals which is which is huge for a player like him. I mean, you know that with Sturridge, you, you, he's going to he's going to score uh, if he gets a chance more often than not. Uh, so I hope we get to see more of him. But having said that, I think uh, it, it's it's obvious that he's not the same. You, he, he's not the same as Firmino, so uh, whether he brings what Klopp wants in terms of the pressing, in terms of the intensity from up top, I'm not sure. Uh, it's a brilliant position to be in, to have someone of his capability to come on as an impact substitute. It's something that we've complained about for a very long time, you know, not having game changers off the bench. Uh, so to have Sturridge in that role is, is fantastic for us, but uh, I also think that over the next couple of months, not necessarily just this next chunk of games till the next international break, at least till till Christmas and, and that festive period. I think we're, we're going to have to need Sturridge and Shakiri and, God forbid, Lalana uh, to to make up the numbers at least because Klopp, 
because Klopp has uh, even last year over that period he rotated a lot. You know, we saw Sadio not playing. We saw, I think, Firmino and Coutinho not play the derby. Uh, so he's shown that he wants to rotate in December, January, and even with that rotation, the front three were were knackered at the end of the season last time. So uh, whether or not he starts, I'm not sure yet. But I think Sturridge has a big role to play, even if it is off the bench. Actually, do you subscribe to that? Do you, do you still think think he's got more to do off the bench uh, than maybe start many more games than he has previously? Yeah, I do tend to agree. Uh, I don't think he's a he's going to be a starter for us uh, uh, anymore. To be honest, like I would love to see him get uh, you know an odd game here and there, but I don't think he uh, he has it. Uh, I mean, it's 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 rough to say this considering he's the only player who looks like he can score in the, seeing the last few games. Like he's the only one I actually have any confidence in. Uh, to even continuously, you know, just just tweet into the void that just get him on and just give him the, the he's the only one who can score at this stage. But I don't I don't I don't think he's gonna get a lot of uh, uh, get a lot of starts in the league. Maybe an odd one here in the uh, in the FA Cup or maybe you know to give a breather or if there's an injury or anything. Uh, It'll be it'll be great if he does get uh, get more minutes than he has. Uh, I would love to see more like you know more 60 minute sort of him getting half an hour uh, in games and the next few fixtures. Uh, hopefully, considering they're relatively easier, there we'll be in a stage uh, by then where uh, you know we can bring on these players. But I do think the one good thing that's happened with uh, since Klopp has come in among the many is that last season we saw that Robertson and uh, Ox, who were not like who did not start the season as uh, the you know in the preferred eleven, they made their way into it and then they became indispensable to the team. So at least the good thing is that the likes of Fabinho and Shakiri and Sturridge also uh, would you know at least they can they sort of derive inspiration from that. It's not like the, there's no lack of morale just because they're not getting the minutes. So it's about like let's go and get more game time somewhere else. Uh, not for the, of course, not for Fabinho and Shakiri who have just come in and they also sort of, uh, Shakiri, it was sort of understood that he's going to be that impact player. And at some stage, I do see Shakiri being involved much more. Uh, of course, as, and, and Fabinho as well. But, uh, yeah, I don't think, uh, with Sturridge, I can say that, like, I, even with, with the, with the confidence he now has and, uh, even though he has form on his side, uh, we'll be seeing uh, so much more of him, but uh, definitely I think these uh, to have him as an impact player, super sub, uh, someone who can a game changer like Adi mentioned, it's great. I am really happy and like we all love Starry. I think we've uh, been waiting for to to see him thrive again uh, in a red shirt and that if it's in a sh- smaller role or smaller capacity, but an important one nonetheless. Uh, even so, it, it's great. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I, I agree partially in the, in the sense that he's not necessarily first choice over Bobby in a 4-3-3. But um, I think with the FA Cup at least, and with and with the fact that you know we did we did so well in the Champions League, um, I do think that the FA Cup um, will be an area where we'll have to sort of give more minutes to the likes of Sturridge, um, Shakiri, um, and even Klein, Matip, and Lovren. You know, because we've um, you know, we've, we've all done a fair bit of reading. We've sort of done the, you know, the other AI podcasts. 
uh, and we and we already know that this chunk of seven games we've sort of had the same eleven or a very similar eleven, barring you know a change here and there. So I do think that you know in the next bucket of seven games we probably will have a lot more um, rotation from the start. Um, and you know we've already seen, for example, Trent got a rest um, or was dropped, whatever we want to you know whatever term we want to use against City. Um, and unlike I mean likely he's he will play a couple of games or maybe a game at least over the international break. Similar with a lot of our players. But I'm going to um, you know, move into pretty much um, a, a, you know, our last section. Um, and I want to talk about this in a bit of length because over the years we've had this uh, you know, impression of being brilliant going forward. Um, you know, with when, when we had Rodgers, we had Suarez, Sterling and Sturridge. And then since 2013 onwards, uh, we've basically been a lot better in the front uh, up until obviously we got stuck with the likes of Barini and um, Lambert and Balotelli, which is obviously a couple of years later. But we're in, a, we're in a position now where we've sort of got a very, very dependable defense. We haven't conceded in or at Anfield since February. Um, that's close to about 850 minutes of football. Um, and if I had begun this conversation or, you know, we had spoken about this six months ago with the same stat, none of us would have, would have probably believed that, right? Get approximately 90, you know, 900 minute, minutes without conceding. Um, two major aspects to it, obviously, one being the purchase of Virgil van Dijk and then we know what happened last year. Uh, and then this year, Allison as well, right? So I want, you know, Adi, what are your starting from you know, what was wrong pre-Virgil, uh, I want you to just try and, you know, uh, explain to us or talk to us about what the impact of him as an individual has been. And now, obviously, the combination of, you know, Van Dyke and Allison and how it's benefited, you know, the people around them. What was there before Virgil? We had Lovren as possibly the leader of the back four. And, you know, Lovren himself at times isn't in control of himself. It's it's unfair on him. It's unfair on him to expect him to control people around him. I think that's where that's that's what we've needed. That's what we've we've harped on for so long, so long before we signed that guy. That defense needed a leader. We we haven't had one since Canada. So and he's he's come in and he's been the leader of that defense. Uh even got the armband captain's armband for a bit against Chelsea, was it? So it's it's clear that you know this team needed him and whatever was spent on him was justified because this team really needed a player like him and he if not the best in the league he is top three center backs in the league and uh, the, there is so much so much that he brings to this side uh, brilliant brilliant in the air uh, he's quick you know that. That burst, I think it was Willian against, uh, in our game against Chelsea when Willian was through on goal and both Gomez and Van Dijk caught up to him. So it's, it's nice that, you know, we have players who are, who are that quick, that pace is not a threat against us. And I mean, I also think that, uh, having someone like Allison, uh, instead of a Carrier Saraminile has helped Van Dijk as well because I've, at least I've noticed this season that under pressure he's he's a lot more happy to go back to Allison than he was with a carrier or a minion. 
So I think it's it's an entire unit that has brought income. Like uh, we talked about this during the summer transfer window, where it's it's that spine which needed to be strengthened, and the spine has been strengthened. And uh, you know, with Van Dyke, there are a couple of issues that I have. Uh, I mean, we we saw what Ronald Koeman said that he's a bit laid back at times, and I tend to agree with that. There are some times when he, I think it's just it's just how good he is, and it comes across as a little bit cocky. And you know, the 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 Gabriel Jesus goal in the Champions League last year, uh, there was the penalty that he conceded, which there was no need to dive in. I think he was just. Uh, that was a little bit of cockiness saying I will get the ball anyway, but uh, minor issues aside, I think he is he's an unbelievable centre back, and uh, it's 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 so nice to have you know a team that's conceded a team that's conceded only three goals in eight league games so far, and uh, a lot of that is down to Van Dyke. So I'm going to keep aside that Kuman um, criticism for a bit because I don't think I, I think it was largely misplaced in terms of how it was described, uh, but. Akriti, we've we've gone from obviously having, you know, our attack carry us through games to now suddenly having the best or you know one of the two best defense defenses in the league. So while a lot of it is to do with systems, we've we've cut out individual errors. Uh, we're we're not making as many mistakes. We're very rarely under pressure, um, and it's in my opinion, it's largely down to the fact that we finally sort of got. A solidified back four um, with Gomez on on Van Dijk's side, and it seems to me that you know that pairing is that that combination seems to be really really well uh, or do really well both from a defensive standpoint because there's pace and power as well as both being very comfortable on the ball. Um, what are the largest? I mean, what are the biggest changes that you've seen um, with a Gomez being on the side of Van Dijk versus maybe a Lovren? Even though the sample sizes are fairly small, but what is I mean, what is your take on which combination is the way forward, and and which combination could we benefit with, you know, more? Right. So I think uh, you know when when Gomez came in and he started a few games as right back, left back, whatever under Rogers, uh, it was it was we all sort of saw that uh, he this is a really talented 18 year old. And uh, you know he's going to improve with time, and he has a lot of. And everyone saw him in the as a centre back and not as a full back at that time as well. But then all the injuries and all of that happened. But uh, I I think that the talent has of course remained. And having someone like uh, Van Dijk on your side, I mean he's uh, there have there's no denying that it's not just uh, it's not just VVD or Allison who have left who have led to this uh, defensive resurgence. Uh, but they they have uh, VVD especially he, he has been a mainstay and I mean he he has led that uh, change in that you know even in the demeanor of the Liverpool defense that since the time has come in I mean there's 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 there've been a lot of tactical and systemic changes as well but uh, just that confidence and I mean I have uh, in in the time that I have watched football. Especially Liverpool football, I don't think I've seen a more complete centre back. And I should correct myself. Not Liverpool football, but Premier League football. Uh, Adi mentioned that probably top three centre backs. I would. I mean, there might be uh, better centre backs in certain areas, but I don't think there's a more complete defender in the league at the moment because 
he's like one guy in that that the money we've spent uh it genuinely seems like a bargain and we've discussed this previously as well but uh coming to what i mean i, I i'm digressing but uh i i definitely i feel that gomez and uh vd are a more uh i mean they are more i i as a as a fan i have more faith in that uh, in that partnership although lovren i mean lovren was really good against city uh and again as you uh Gave the disclaimer that the sample size is very, it's it's less. Uh, I don't think we can really make the call. I mean, I can't uh, right now. But uh, I would personally, I would prefer to see Gomez be in the be one of the two centre backs. Uh, for the reasons you've mentioned as well, that they're very good on the ball, they're calm, they're and they sort of at least Gomez having someone like Vidi on his side. I think it just gives him faith. in his own abilities a lot more so you can see him you can see this young 20 year old just like with the confidence that is needed to fa- take on players like silva and aguero and the other and hazard and all of these players so uh, i i think personally i would like to see gomez still there but uh, i don't know with friend how 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 well trent is also going to be playing and how uh, if gomez is going to be shifted to the right bank uh, i would definitely prefer to see him as a uh, center back but uh, uh if there are some personal changes and some tactical changes we might see some differences come uh, the rest of the season and of course there's a lot the it's a it's a long way to go uh but yeah it's going to be uh, vvd and gomez for me over lovren if if i can just butt in i mean lovren lovren was really good against city but could have conceded two penalties i mean exactly. that sums him up that sums him up there has been a lot more reliability with gomez uh, playing at center back rather right. than lovren yeah i mean i think they it's been the is this is the first time uh, we have uh, i read somewhere that since 1994 or something that uh, uh, that this is the first liverpool this team is the first one to keep like nine consecutive clean sheets or something like that so these stats are like there are so many stats going around but uh, the fact that we i remember this one podcast she was on and uh, we were discussing about uh, you know the title challenges and all of that and we i actually at that time had opened the last few seasons the uh, the champ the the premier league tables and how the top team even when we lost the title uh, the how the top team has always had uh, their, their goals conceded have been far lesser than what we have conceded in the last few seasons and you know it, for the first time i'm not that not not i'm saying that we are going to be competing for the title uh, or you know where we are going to be finishing all of that but when you are your the 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 cliche rings true that you know defense does win you championships and right now i have faith in that defense that even when our front three are not performing even when we are not scoring goals we are not going to be Uh, conceding also or losing points because of silly mistakes like really careless errors individual errors which just cost you titles and championships so, i mean yeah that's that's actually the the best way to sort of put it um just to add to that usually un- under under rogers and i think the first year under klopp um his first year we conceded i find remember the number correctly about 50 goals um and title winning uh, teams are usually between 20 and 30 32 um unless so that chelsea side that i think conceded only 15 under 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 mourinho um what's what's interesting about this you know this this pairing of gomez and van dijk for me is that 
we know um, it adds a, it adds a really interesting attacking dimension to our team because we know that our midfield is fairly flat, you know. Um, so Genie and Milner go into the half spaces on the right hand side, but there's very little progression um, in terms of either creativity or drive because we've, we've when we don't have Kaita or or, or Ox um, or even Lalana, you know. But what's interesting about this midfield is that there's a capability to be able to step out and beat the first line and therefore allow them to pass forward. So if what I noticed that was odd about the City game is that, you know, um, Gomez being on the right as, as a right back was limited in terms of his range and he lost the ball a couple of times to Aguero Sterling uh, when he got back in, you know, in field. But when he played as a centre back, uh, um, up on, you know, everything maybe... Uh, the Napoli game because Napoli game, I guess everything was a shit show then but it was easy for him to beat the first man and then pick out passes into midfield that allowed us to sort of transition better um, and that's that's the biggest up I think he has against um, against Lovren because while Lovren has the ability I don't it, it, it feels to me that he's very comfortable you know putting a pass behind lines of defence uh, or overhead rather than, you know, feeding in the feet, beating the midfield and sort of taking, you know, being a, being a better 1v1 going forward. Um, so it was just an interesting sort of, um, take I had on those two, uh, because obviously has his own incredible strengths, but sometimes gets beaten when the ball's, you know, hit over his head. Um, I think that'll sort of change. Um, but Akate, I want to ask you about the comment that Adi made, you know, um, Kuman is effectively sort of taking a swipe at at Van Dijk just and and use the term that says lazy. Um, now, Ali's definitely explained it by saying that because he's that good, it just seems like the game's easy to him. Um, and he's been, as far as I can remember, I think there's just been three incidences of his like sloppiness. One was maybe you know the Lamella penalty at Anfield last year, um, where he didn't sort of realize that Lamella was behind him when he was clearing. Um, the Sane one yesterday, and then, um, you know, the back pass not being uh, brilliant against Leicester um, and the covering of it. But what do you what do you make of, you know, a player that's that good, that seems to, you know, that seems to read the game so easily, but yet be called by um, by a national team manager and, and, you know, be tagged as a bit lazy? I don't think I don't think it's a big deal. Also, in the way the the he he framed it, uh, that he said he's a little too laid back, which is uh, because of his strengths and, uh, you know, he I think he framed it a little differently and he sort of explained what where he was coming from. And as an actual team coach, I think he is probably wanting to get a little more of uh, the player and of course tell him about his weaknesses. And he has a he did coach him. He was there when uh, Van Dyke was at Southampton. I don't really remember the timeline, but I, I don't think there's a lot to make of it. Uh, he um, he has weaknesses, and uh, probably this is one of the areas where he could improve further. Honestly, I don't think I have a lot of uh, lot to add here. Uh, if he is, it's it's. I mean, if there are areas where uh, the Netherlands coach can get more and the management can get even more out of him then I, I we shouldn't be complaining because if we are what we are seeing is not even his 100% where the areas there are still areas to improve uh, I think it bodes really well for us so 
uh, I don't really have, I don't think I've seen so much of it. There have been moments, yes, but he's human. I mean, they're, they're, I have still not seen a better uh, Liverpool centre-back in the world. So, don't really have a lot of complaints. There's multiple levels ahead for him to go. He's already amongst the, in yeah. my opinion, probably the best centre, you know, in the Premier League. Um, and like Adi said, worst case top three. So, if there's still levels to go, then it's insane how yeah. good the guy can be. Just one more thing on what Kuman said. I think it's, it's, a, it's a, lot like, um, a lot like Neuer. Uh, no, uh, like the, the, the faith in his ability comes coming across as cockiness and being laid back. I think, I think it's a lot like Neuer with, with this, fan, this particular laid back quote that uh, Kuman made. I think it's a lot like what Neuer. Neuer's belief in his ability coming across his cockiness and all of that. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there's there's enough players that have that insane ability that just looks slightly, um, you know, calm, I guess. I mean, I'm not sure lazy is just uh, the right word to use. So I'm going to close this section by essentially, you know, winding up um, something that we, we touched on um, right in the beginning, where do we, we we've been we've been so used to blowing teams away, and we sort of have you know a a slightly dysfunctional front three at this point in time. Um, Mane started the season really well. Firmino then went four games in a row scoring. Salah's had his chances, but still seems to be a little off in terms. It's just the eye test at least. Um, where do you see? I'm going to go to Akriti first for this. I said, uh, what what do you think needs to click first? Because we, we're Salah still creating chances. We're still getting into the right positions. Um, I'm going to excuse the last two games, right? But do you see this front three in terms of some? Does something need to be? Does something need to change? Does someone need to be rested? Or do you think that keeping in mind the games that we've had and the ones that we have coming forward, that we'll just be fine? I, I think uh, we'll be fine. I don't think there's a lot that needs to be changed. Uh, even individually, I think players are doing okay. The last few, as you mentioned, the last few fixtures were tough. Uh, we'll get a better idea. I mean, if things really have to change, we'll know in the in the upcoming fixtures because they are the easier ones. And uh, uh, I, I think the uh, management still sort of needs to find the right players for the right fixtures. I think the midfield, like for instance, Henderson was really good against, you know, he's good at home against big teams. Like he was really good against PSG. He was good against City. So in in so the right players for the right fixtures, the right combinations still need to be sort of figured out. Uh, and uh, the and hopefully the front three also gets firing. It's even when you look uh, look at Salah's underlying statistics, there's not a lot that has changed from last season. The expectations have, but uh, I think they're doing reasonably well I think uh, to be honest I, I don't like I mean I, as I mentioned in the start I, I sort of like the way we are playing there's a little maturity there's some pragmatism uh, some combination and all of that need to be figured out but I'm fairly satisfied and I think uh, in the coming games we'll sort of figure out uh, whether what the last games were just you know really exhausting and tough because just the kind of things we were facing or was there actually genuinely a problem there but uh, so far, so good. I don't think there's a. I, I think uh, things still need to like sort of just go on the way they have uh, in the coming games. 
Okay, so Adi, I'm going to put you on the spot before we close uh, up pretty much the pod for today. Um, how does it feel? First game away from home. Um, which one of the front three scores first? Salah. It feels a lot like that uh, Maribor game last year when we were... The, the games prior to that, we were creating truckloads of chances, not putting them away. And then um, it took one Maribor 7-0 for everything to click. And then and then we started scoring a lot of goals. And Salah scored the first that day as well. So, Salah. <laughs> so, okay. be where feel. Yeah. I'll captain him in my FPL team then. <laughs> And we need to we need to get these tricks from Akati. She seems to always nail it. And then we keep forgetting <laughs> what to do. Um anyway, thank you guys so much for your time. Um great having you again. Great to be back with the AI podcast. Before we close, I'm gonna just hand over a little bit to Adi. Uh he's got a very special message for all of us Indian fans. Uh right. Uh, so the Indian national football team play China in a friendly on Saturday at 5 p.m. India time. If you're listening to this and didn't know of the game happening, please go watch it. It's, it'll be live on Star. Uh, it, this is part of India's preparations towards uh, the Asian Cup, which we've qualified for the first time in eight years. The Asian Cup will be in January 2019. Uh, so if you if you think you can accompany me and a bunch of others who, who will probably be traveling to the UAE, get in touch with me on Twitter. I will put you to, through to the right people. But uh, for now, just just ensure that uh, if you can, watch India play China on Saturday at 5 p.m. Awesome. And you can also find him at, at Aditya Narayan on Twitter. Uh, we'll all share our handles a lot later when you have access to the podcast. Um, and one last thing is, guys, the Indian teams, obviously, we, we're trying to you know create a huge following, get involved in the sport, um, follow the Blue Pilgrims. Uh, they're quite active. Um, and we, I mean, I guess everyone can use a lot more in sport, right? Again, once again, I'm going to thank Adi and Akati for your time. Uh, this was great. Uh, we hit the international break. Hopefully we'll be back soon. Um, once again, thank you for listening to the AI India podcast. work.